you know, she didn't really understand why she'd come home and the dishwasher still wasn't done. And I wouldn't have an explanation except for I just can't do it. Like why? I don't know. I want to. And I guess like all of those little things are what makes it so hard um, and what people, I guess, without ADHD don't realise how hard it actually is to do the smallest of jobs. Hello and welcome to the Women and ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Katie Weber. I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 45, and it completely turned my world upside down. I've been looking back at so much of my life, school, jobs, my relationships, all of it with this new lens, and it has been nothing short of overwhelming. I quickly discovered I was not the only woman to have this experience, and now I interview other women who, like me, discovered in adulthood they have ADHD and are finally feeling like they understand who they are and how to best lean into their strengths, both professionally and personally. The following is a review from Soji2001 on the UK Apple Podcast platform. It's entitled, There Is No Spoon. I would very much recommend this podcast. Having turned up to work on the wrong day yet again, someone suggested that I look into ADHD. I of course Googled women with ADHD and found this podcast, and I am so happy that I did. It's been a revelation. While listening to these funny, interesting women talk, 10 to the dozen like I do when I find someone I really wanna to talk to, I realized that what I have always taken to be flaws in my personality were simply traits that I have in common with a whole host of fascinating other women from all over the world. I can't express what a revelation that was other than to liken it to the bit in the matrix when Neo realized that reality is not as he thought. There is no spoon. That was awesome. I feel like the plot of the matrix quite often helps us understand and describe our experiences following an adult diagnosis of ADHD. It's like we had this one view of reality our whole lives and suddenly everything has changed and you can't unsee what you now see or unknow what you now know. It feels so revolutionary for so many of us and I am so glad we are finding each other through these stories and interviews and shared experiences. So thank you for leaving that review. It really helps this podcast get found by other women who might be recently diagnosed or even wondering if they have ADHD and need to hear these interviews and know that they are not alone. Okay, let's get started with episode 47 in which I interview Ellie Hopley. Ellie lives in Queensland, Australia and is the artist and mastermind behind the successful print and merchandise company Shutter. Ellie and I talk all about her previous diagnoses of generalized anxiety disorder and bipolar disorder before she was eventually diagnosed with ADHD and how it felt like everything in her life finally made sense. We also talk about task paralysis and how so many of us carry around the weight of internalized negative beliefs about our behaviors, like being convinced we're lazy or stupid or terrible people and the effects that this can have on our self-esteem and our relationships with others. And we also talk a lot about the fun side of ADHD, including the creativity and the childlike wonder and the energy and how this diagnosis has helped Ellie recognize and embrace the positive sides. Okay, I know many of you will relate to this interview, so let's get to it. Enjoy. Awesome. Okay, so let's get started. How did you first find out you had ADHD and kind of what led up to your diagnosis? What were some of the signs and how did you 
How did you get there? Well, I got diagnosed, I think it was maybe about two months ago now um, by a psychiatrist. Um, Originally, I got diagnosed with um, BPD. This was maybe six-ish months ago now, Um, but it kind of didn't really feel like that for me. I mean, there's like some ADHD and some BPD things are like they intertwine with each other, but um, sorry, I kind of got off track there. Basically, why I thought that I had ADHD is because I am nonstop moving, hyper talking. I don't listen. I forget everything. Um, I'm super sensitive. My emotions are everywhere. Um, I really unorganized all of those things that associate with ADHD is what I am. So, Mm -hmm. um, after getting the diagnosis, I was kind of just like, yes, that is me. Like, hundred percent I don't know everything that I read about ADHD was me so so was your BPD diagnosis was that kind of pandemic related or was that something that you sort of had felt for a long time um yeah no that was something that I had been feeling for a long time um I originally got diagnosed with um generalized anxiety disorder when I was maybe around 22 Um, which definitely fits with me, but I knew there was something like deeper, something more than that going on. Um, and I guess I didn't really think about ADHD as being something to do with like your emotions and things like that. So I didn't really ever think that I had that because when you think about ADHD, it's kind of just like someone that's like really annoying, which is like me, but there's also like always moving and talking, which is like 5% of what is actually like the things that we actually have to deal with, I guess. Yeah. I saw a tweet recently that was basically like oftentimes ADHD is diagnosed um, in reaction to how much of an inconvenience you are to the people around you. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. Oh, I, I like that, that sure. so much. Especially kids, right? I mean, we talk about like boys who are diagnosed with so much more frequency because they are disruptive in school. Yeah. And it's the it's the females that, you know, are the traditionally like well-behaved mm-hmm. and the spacey ones and the ones who are off or doodling, yeah. uh, which I want to ask you about yeah. too. But, you know, that you're not being, you know, we tend to be so much less disruptive in our childhood and, yeah. and get kind of brushed under the rug. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but I... I definitely thought I had bipolar. Um, You know, my, my therapist recommended ADHD to me years ago and I didn't know anything about it. So of course I thought, you know, ADHD is hyperactive little boys and didn't relate to it all, but I was pretty sure I had bipolar because of the like intense mood swings Mm -hmm. and just that, like the manic activity followed by like utter, exhaustion and depression and so yeah. of course like that's de- I definitely thought until I researched ADHD and understood it more mm-hmm. I thought for sure that that was more my issue but I was also diagnosed with depression and anxiety yeah I think <laughs> everything yeah I think I didn't realize like until I read about ADHD like the 
bad I'm out I'm not allowed to swear on here I'm assuming but the bad of course oh are you kidding me oh (laughs) the yeah like the shit side of it I mean I love that I'm really like energetic and excited and fun and all of that and creative and all of that but it also comes with being like really depressed overwhelmed feeling like lazy and that everyone thinks I'm dumb and I'm just unable to do all these things that other people think is so easy and I'm just like why can't I do that and Mm -hmm. I think that's like when I read about all of that I was like that is exactly how I feel like that is yeah it's crazy so how did you start even researching ADHD? Was it like relatable memes that started popping up in your Instagram feed like um, the rest of us? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I've always, my dad is like the ADHD. Like if you watched my dad for like five minutes, he is just nonstop moving. Like he can't sit down. When I FaceTime him, he's like, you know, he's not paying attention and I always just thought like, oh, why can't you just like just focus on me? And now that I'm older, I realise that that is literally me. Like I am my dad in every way. And I guess when I got diagnosed with BPD, maybe I do have that, but it just didn't feel like it fit. And when I was in the psychiatrist um, appointment talking about it and like just having our normal appointment, she was like, I've noticed that you've taken off your rings and put them all back on like six Mm. times. You've looked at all of my books. You've looked at all of the drawings on the wall. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like that's me. She's like, let's talk about ADHD. And I was like, yep, definitely. And my partner even like at nighttime, she's just always like, can you just stay still? I'm Mm. like, I can't, you know, and it's so there's just heaps of different things where I'm like, I definitely I know I knew that I had it the whole time, but I didn't realize, I guess, that all the other stuff that I thought was depression or anxiety or all the other things, I didn't realize that that was actually could be part of my ADHD as well. Yeah, I think so much of that diagnosis journey, too, is kind of unpacking like how much of these seeming comorbidities are actually comorbidities or are they just mis- misdiagnoses yeah. and how you know and how much of these are a result of the trauma of not being diagnosed yeah, definitely. <laughs> as opposed to kind of all you know I'm always curious with comorbidities because so many of them just seem like um, other darts that were thrown at the wall at some point mm-hmm. so now what's since your diagnosis have you what was your parents reaction um, well, I told my mom and she was definitely like, yep, make sense. <laughs> like, um, my partner, yeah, my friends, yeah. I mean, no one was very surprised by it. And, um, I started medication pretty much straight away. And ever since then, it's really just changed my life, like dramatically. It's just like, really made me realize that I definitely definitely have ADHD. What medication are you on right now? I am on Ritalin, um, which at first I was a bit nervous about. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it just reminds me of like little 
naughty kids at school, just like being kids in the classroom. I didn't want to be like not myself anymore. I was really scared that it was going to take away my energy and my like fun, creative side, but it literally just helps me be able to do anything. Like I'm still me, but I'm just able to get things done and not get so overwhelmed by everything like I usually would. Yeah. That's a great description of that feeling. Yeah. I was terrified to try medication because I thought I was going to be, I thought I was just going to be more amplified, you know, like I thought I was taking a stimulant, just the term stimulant to me just felt like, okay, is it going to be like when I have a third cup of coffee and I'm just like zingy, you know, and I just didn't want to be, I felt like I was like, I don't want to feel like I'm on cocaine all the time. And it was the exact opposite experience. Mm -hmm. My brain was like, okay, let's turn everything down. It kind of feels (laughs) like when I, when I first had my first ever tablet um, medication, it was literally like my brain just became empty Mm. and like I was able I was just like watching tv and usually I'd be watching tv scrolling on instagram you know thinking of a million things blah 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 but I was just doing one thing and like that in itself was just like whoa everything's so quiet and I can like actually think and enjoy the things that I'm doing instead of thinking of a billion other things at the same time it just feels like my head is finally clear whereas usually it's just Mm. absolutely full of I literally don't even know like just yeah it's crazy 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 uh so now looking back at your childhood and growing up what are some of the things that some of the signs that you're like oh my god that was ADHD all along and nobody had any idea Mm, um well interestingly when I was talking to the psychiatrist about it she was like what were you like in school and I was like well I was actually really good like when I was younger in school I wasn't naughty or disruptive or anything like that but I was so active and I was just constantly stimulated so I feel like I wasn't there wasn't really an opportunity for me to be um what's the word like bored I guess so back then like if you look at school usually kids would say that they're always distracting the class and all of those kinds of things but I was never like that but on the other hand I was always super super emotional way more emotional than any of my siblings I've got three sisters I was always the one crying I was always the one like um, tickling my sisters and my parents would always say, you just never know when to stop. You just always keep going. You never stop. And so I was just like really full on. But I think no one really recognised that as being anything except for just being, I don't know, a sensitive kid. So I didn't really, yeah, I obviously never got diagnosed when I was a kid because I think it kind of got missed there because I wasn't super crazy. Uh, looking back, do you think any of your siblings also have ADHD? Um, I don't know. I feel like when I remember my childhood, it was just always, oh, this is Ellie. She's the sensitive one. Or, you know, like this is Ellie. If we play this song, she's going to cry. And everyone would kind of like laugh and be like, Oh, Ellie, she's so, uh, I was just so up and down, like 
Like yeah. you said, I thought I might have had bipolar like growing up because I was just, I would cry and then I'd be laughing the next minute. It was just my, I couldn't regulate my emotions at all. And I was talking to my mum about that the other day and she was like, actually, that makes so much sense. Like um, I was always just going too far with my sisters. I would always like make them cry because I just would not stop. None of my sisters were like that. It was just me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have two older brothers and I, I haven't decided. One of them I'm pretty sure has it, but I can't, like, <laughs> I just feel like, as you know, as soon as you're diagnosed, I feel like you just like go through your whole family tree yeah. and you're like going over everything that they do with a fine tooth comb being like, is that it? Yeah. Is this it? Is this it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. They could do. My dad for sure, without a doubt. Um, my mom even potentially, I don't know. It could be all of us. Who knows? Yeah. And I also, I didn't mean to like come out to anybody really. It just kind of accidentally happened because I got so excited and I started this podcast to start Mm. interviewing other women because I wanted to find out if other women were having the same experience that I was having because my mind was just blown. And I wanted to have, I wanted to ask other people and I needed a platform to do that. So I was like, oh, I'll start this podcast. So I have an excuse to like reach out to women and have intentional conversations with them without sounding creepy. Um, But then, and then, so then I kind of like, suddenly I was out about it. And and suddenly I was like, oh, that's Katie. She has has this diagnosis of ADHD. And I think even the term diagnosis, like I was always amazed at the responses I would get from people. Some times, like so many people who were like, I'm so sorry. Like I had just told them I had a terminal illness. And it's been like so frustrating. I've I've stopped trying to even talk about it anymore with most people like mm. relatives and stuff like that because I feel like people people don't understand it. They definitely yeah. there's such like a yeah, there's such a chasm between people like who have ADHD who are diagnosed and like get it, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh my God, you are my people. Yeah. And then this like far other sect of people who just really have no idea and they sort of feel like, oh, you've been diagnosed with some sort of crippling learning disability yeah. and how can I help you? <laughs> and you're like, you don't under, you don't get me, slam. Yeah. I feel like a oh. like an angry teenager. Mm-hmm. Like when I found your po- like when I got diagnosed, I was just like trying to find, I don't know. I feel like women and men are so different in the way that their ADHD comes across. And like when I listened to your podcast for the first time, I was honestly like, oh my God. Like I don't listen to podcasts because obviously I just don't have the patience or the I'm like onto the next thing. I just can't sit there and listen to anything really. But because it was so like spot on, every single one, except for the ones about parenting because I don't have kids, but Every single one, I'm like, oh, my God, this is me. I listened to the whole thing. I told my fiancé to listen, please listen to this when you're driving home so you can, you know, understand. It's just so crazy how I felt, like, seen. I felt like, wow, I'm not the only person that feels like this. Mm, Yeah, and you start to realise, like, how much you've been holding in in terms of, like, shame over certain behaviours. How hard we have to work compared to well, I don't want to say a normal person, but like we have to go above and beyond to just do the simplest task. Mm. And I feel like people just don't see that. They don't understand that. So it's just so nice to hear everyone else's stories. And I just love that you've made this podcast for people like me and for people like us. It's just so good. I love it. 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, thank you. So, um, so talk to me about your art career and kind of how that started, how Shut Up started, because it's how long has it been? Um, yeah. How long has it been a business, but also kind of how did your journey with art start? Okay, well, it's been about six years since I started it. Um, at the start, it was kind of just like a, a place for me to draw like my feelings and stuff. And I just made like a random Instagram account to post it. And the name shut up, literally couldn't think of anything else at the time. And now here we are and I can't change it. So that's funny. Um, But yeah, it was really just like I was going through a really hard time mentally and it was kind of just my outlet. It was the only thing that I really enjoyed. It was the only thing that I like could focus on doing, I suppose. And every job that I've had, I've never enjoyed it or it hasn't been interesting enough for me to like care about it or just I don't know I just felt like I wasn't doing anything with my life um and yeah over time people just started I guess relating to the drawings that I was doing and I was just being myself and sharing the ups and downs of life and all of that stuff and eventually it kind of just turned into a massive thing that I did not plan and it's literally the best thing I've ever done because I'm doing what I love, which is doodling and making clothes that are fun and not boring. And that's my job now. It's just like actually crazy. I don't know how it happened. I love that. I think that's so I think that's so telling because I think a lot of the time we tend to feel like success is uh, the result of really, really hard work. Yeah. And like, not to imply that you don't work hard, because I'm sure you do if you're an entrepreneur, but like yeah. that there's that, that like success isn't fun, you know, or like doing the thing that is yeah. fun and that you love is not going to eventually lead to an income or yeah. comfortableness. Like we always sort of assume that um, we have to be doing something harder mm-hmm. or like working harder or doing something. And like, sometimes like, you know, when I think of this podcast, for instance, like, I'm like, this is a hobby for me. And it's like actually starting to now make me money. And yeah. I'm just sort of like, how is like, it doesn't compute for me <laughs> that I could, that this could happen because I'm like, no, like fun things don't actually amount to yeah. income. <laughs> well, that's what I thought too. Like I was, when I, obviously I just didn't ever think that this would be my job, but I guess it just proves that you can really just do anything if, I don't know, I feel like these days the world is full of way more opportunities as just like, I don't know, it's, I don't know how to put my words together here, but I don't know. All I can say is that I just did not expect this to happen, but I am so, so, so grateful because I would literally hate working in any other job. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'll do this forever. I'm curious now, because I know you you mentioned in another interview I read that like you had started Shudder, but a difficult time mm-hmm. and it's been like, I, I imagine quite cathartic, this whole journey for you. Yeah. 
like, and I know you've been relatively recently diagnosed, but like, how do you feel like you, how has your self awareness or your kind of self image changed for you since this diagnosis or has it? Um, I feel like I understand myself now. Like I kind of felt like I was just nuts. Like I, I felt like nobody, I feel like on my Instagram and this is, I think this is why a lot of people follow me is because I am really, truly just being myself all the time. Like I'm just, you know, I get up in the morning and I video myself talking with the most, the worst outfit, no makeup, hair everywhere. I just don't care. And I, now that I've been diagnosed with ADHD, I don't feel ashamed of it when, for example, and I don't want to, I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody with BPD or anything else, but I just didn't feel comfortable talking about BPD because I just just felt like it wasn't me, even though I, Mm. I may have it. I'm not saying I don't, but I feel like ADHD is just so easy for me to just go, yeah, okay, I've got that and I'm proud of it and I'm just going to be myself and embrace who I am, the ups and the downs. And I think I sharing the ups and the downs is super important. And since I've got this diagnosis, I really want to be more open about that um, because I guess I never actually knew what was wrong with me. So now that I do, it's kind of easier for me to, understand what's happening in my brain and it's easier for me to for other people around me and my family and the people that I love to understand why I am how I am and I feel like I just didn't even answer your question just then no I think you did <laughs> and and you brought up such an interesting point it doesn't matter we'll just keep oh, going so, just run yeah, with it just don't worry about me <laughs> that's what this, this is all about rambling <laughs> um we go all over the place of this podcast okay. uh, but like No, but you brought up such an interesting point too about like feeling like the diagnosis never fit, you Mm. know? And like, I certainly felt like that when I was diagnosed with depression in back in university. And then again, uh, after I had a baby, you know, and I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and then I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And I was always sort of like, never felt like that was the correct diagnosis, Mm -hmm. but also sort of felt like, well, I'm such a mess. Who am I to yeah you know question this um but it's interesting like that we kind of can that some of that shame stems from like not really even understanding the diag the diagnosis because Mm -hmm. ultimately it's a misdiagnosis right and so always kind of feeling like um that you can't like own it or be open about it and And we are such like open books in general. Like I remember like always talking very openly about postpartum depression. And I always would be very open about the fact that I was on various cocktails of antidepressants. And people would always look at me like, wow, you're so brave for talking about that. And I was like, I never felt brave. I just was like, I don't know, it's just life. Like Mm -hmm. why, why would I be embarrassed about that? Yeah. Um, But you're right. Like this is the, this diagnosis is the first time that I really have felt like, all the pieces fit. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, 
<laughs> I'm like, oh my God, everything in my whole life makes sense. Why it was so overwhelming to look back and just be like, how do all of these seemingly random yeah. issues that I've had in my life for as long as I can remember all stem, like all come back to this one neat little diagnosis. Like, I mean, it's obviously not a neat little diagnosis. <laughs> <Definitely> <laughs> it's <not. just> like <laughs> crazy. Um, the, the long list of like all of the di different factors and, and comorbidities and um, characteristics mm. go on forever. Mm -hmm. But it still felt like, yeah, for the first time I felt like, oh, finally this is, yes, this feels right. Because yeah. I used to always feel like, I used to always feel like, why am I depressed? I have like a relatively good life. Like I never sort of felt like I always felt bad about being depressed, you yeah, know? Same. And yeah. And, and sort of felt, like, why well, I'm just a whiner. Yeah. I literally always thought I was, and my family would say, you're always whinging. You're always, you know, and I'm like, but that's actually how I feel. Like I can't. And I like, since being an adult, having to do like adult tasks is just so hard for me. Like my partner, I've been with her for six years and she's like just the best. Like she does everything. She can, she's just so organized, you know, like she's just her, it feels like her brain just has like all these shelves in it. And it's just, even her drawers are so neat and everything's just so, and I'm just the complete opposite. And like, I think, we, we've really actually struggled like as partners because of that you know she didn't really understand why she'd come home and the dishwasher still wasn't done you know for example and it, and I wouldn't have an explanation except for I just can't do it like why I don't know I want to and I guess like all of those little things are what makes it so hard um, and what people, I guess, without ADHD don't realise how hard it actually is to do the smallest of jobs. And then when mm -hmm. you do a job, you're like, where's my medal? And there's no medal. Yeah. No, you're right. That is a really good point. It's because, some, you know, we talk about dopamine and we talk about not wanting to do boring tasks, mm -hmm. right? And then the answer to that from a neurotypical perspective would be like, well, just for Christ's sake, just do, just it, do it, right? Yeah. Just do it. And it's sort of like you, the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is that it's not that you're just sort of have this childlike temper tantrum where you're refusing to do it because it's boring, goddammit. Mm -hmm. Like there's like a literal paralysis yeah, that like, is happening. It's like running a marathon or something. It's like, oh, I actually can't do that. Right. And I think that's really difficult to describe because it's like yeah. you sort of fundamentally believe that you're being lazy yes. and that you really could do it if you if you really wanted to, you could do yeah. it. And so what the fuck is wrong with me that I can't do it, right? So there's always a sense of like, how do I even describe that to somebody? I've, fun, you know, I also believe I've internalized that belief and that stigma that, that there's something that, you know, I'm just being lazy. Yeah. And I've only recently been able to like really kind of pinpoint in the moment when I'm in, when it is in, like, I'm incapable of doing things where I'm just like, it's not like I've chosen to not do it in order to do other things. Like there is like a literal 
paralysis that's happening there where it's like I I'm obsessing over that thing mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um but I'm still not doing yeah. it and and it's like it's almost like you're hovering over yourself like you know having like an out-of-body experience yeah. almost yeah and, and another thing that I really struggle with is um when people are talking to me and I'm not interested I it's really hard for me to just actually pretend that I care I just am not listening and it's really rude but I can't help it and like that's another thing that I really struggle with like if I'm if something's boring to me there's nothing anyone can do to make me interested it's just not going to happen you know like social skills and like people skills my partner is she's got like a good job where she's always you know talking to people and it's really professional and stuff like that and you just have to like pretend I guess to like be interested in like smiling and yeah wow amazing no I can't do that yeah I just turn off I have a really really hard time pretending to like people yeah yeah if if I'm not that into them Mm -hmm. and like so I'm like either like super into you and like I come in hot or it's the opposite where like, I just sort of shut off and shut down. And it was always funny to me when people are like, you're quiet, aren't you? Or like, you know, mm-hmm. people re- respond to me as, as like how quiet I am. And I'm always sort of like, eh, I'm not quiet. I just don't like yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I have a tendency to like, I, you know, I do have a tendency to kind of pull away from people as a result of like, you know, like we talk a lot about how difficult it is to like maintain relationships yeah. with and maintain friendships with people because we're sort of always, it's that out of sight, out of mind issue where it's like, I have, we're really bad at like checking in on people mm-hmm. on their birthdays and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, um, and then, you know, when it hasn't been long or when it's been long enough that you haven't checked in on the person, then you feel terrible. And so then you kind of pull away because you're like, I'm such an awful person. I will re- I will save you from the awfulness that is me yeah. <laughs> by removing myself from our relationship. Yeah. Um, and like I've noticed recently that I have like I'm either I'm all in or I'm just like, mm, I see where this is going. No. Nope. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I just and, like don't then, ask questions. Like if I'm interested yeah. and I, and then I feel so bad because I come across as rude and I'm, I'm not a rude person. I'm not a mean person, but I literally just can't pretend to care. Right. Well, yeah. And that's why it's like, I think a lot of our mental real estate is taken up by asking ourselves like, maybe I am an asshole. Like may, I'm doing, you know, people yeah. think that this is a terrible thing to do and I can't not do it. So like, what is the difference between me and an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm always asking those questions of myself. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know, I am very open about my own experiences with therapy. I've been seeing the same therapist for years and it was my therapist who first suggested I had ADHD and set me on this personal path of transformation. But it also took a while to find the right fit for me, which is why it is so awesome that online resources like BetterHelp exist. 
BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online from the comfort of your home. And it's available for clients worldwide. So you get access to a broad range of expertise, which might not be available locally. If you visit their website and read through their testimonials, there are actually quite a few reviews that specifically reference help with ADHD. As a special offer for listeners of the Women and ADHD podcast, you'll get 10% off of your first month. Simply sign up at betterhelp.com slash women ADHD. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash women ADHD. Okay, so so then rather than talking about what assholes we are, let's uh, let's talk about what you love about your ADHD. What are some things now looking back that you just feel like, because you know, the um, you said that like there's, there's ways in which you can kind of look at it as this, um, uh, as it being debilitating, but also like it, you really need to credit it for pretty much every amazing stroke mm. of insight. And, um, art, especially with, I'm sure with your art, like, I feel like I credit ADHD with pretty much every wonderful thing I've done in my life. Yeah, for sure. Like I love my energy, my creativity if I want want to do something I'll do it like straight away like the lack of patience I guess is good in a way because I just do it if I really want it I'll just do it and I guess like when I come up with designs for shirts or merch or whatever I'm making it's always super quick like I just don't think about things deeply which obviously can be bad in some situations, but if I'm taking the positives out of it, that is definitely a positive thing because everything I do is super quick and I'm like really fast, you know, and I'm fun, I'm excited. You know, I I feel like when I'm in a good mood, I want to share that with my followers and people really love that because... I don't know. I'm just being my crazy self. And if I didn't have ADHD, I wouldn't be like that. So I like, I like all of those things about myself. I wouldn't be me without it. So. Yeah. That, that is a sort of a, a nice side to the impulsivity element of ADHD of like that. I find that like, I, I don't tend to mull things over because I'm so impulsive yeah. and I'm so impatient. And so I ha- I do feel like I, I go with my gut a lot of the time mm-hmm. for better, for worse. Yeah. I don't have a choice. It's not like I can, um, sit down and analyze yeah, things, no. but like, I, you know, I, re- I just like forge ahead with a lot of things, mm-hmm. which is the total opposite of like the paralysis we were talking about, which is yeah, insane. Right. So like, like why? <laughs> I don't get it. It's so weird. Um, I know, right? So, so many anomalies. Uh, but like, I remember the very first time, my very first car I ever bought, I walked onto the lot and was basically like, I would like a used car and it, I want it to be a stick shift. And they were literally like, we have one on the lot. And I said, all right, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and the guy was like, I know. And the guy was like, well, do you want to take it for a test drive? And I was, <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> fine we'll take it for a test drive and then we took it for a test drive and I was like okay let's take it I'll take it <laughs> like I was like I didn't even know what I was supposed to be looking for it drives it's great it has a key and yeah um but I was so terrible with money that I had no down payment or anything and like I literally I can't like I, I laugh now me in my 20s but like I just walked in and I 
didn't know anything about what it was like to buy a car. I did not hyper-focus on that at all. So I just like walked in and, um, and they asked me if I had any money to put down. And I was like, mm, nope. <laughs> and they still sold it to oh, me. Wow. That was the crazy part. Yeah. Cause you know, the interest rate I'm sure was ridiculous, yeah. but like, um, I just think of like so many major purchases I've made in my life yeah. based on no thinking other yeah. than like, this is what you do. This is what you do when you're a grown up. You do this thing. You buy this thing. Yeah. And literally the perfect example of that right now is I just bought another dog and um there was one left and I was like, Yeah, I'll take it. And my partner was like, Should we go and see it? And I'm like, Yeah. You know, we went and saw it. Like I'm still getting it. That's my decision. Right. I've already decided, you know. And now I'm like frantically trying to get like a bed and a crate and all this stuff. It's coming tomorrow. Why am I like this? (laughs) You know? But whatever, it's fun. I feel like we're always, something's always happening. We're always keeping it fresh, keeping it fun. Right. (laughs) And then, and then again, on the flip side, there's other things where I will be interested in it. And then I will completely like spend hours and hours and hours researching it, you know, mm-hmm. like once you adopt the dog, then I will spend the next 48 hours watching YouTube videos on how doing. to train the dog. That's what I've been doing literally all this morning. Yeah. I've written a list, put it on the <laughs> fridge, all this stuff. And like, if it was anything else, nah, I wouldn't care. But this one thing I'm like, this is what we have to do. We need this, 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 this. I've watched this video, blah, blah, blah. I followed this page, rah, rah, rah. But if it was something else like, I don't know, gardening, could not care less, you know? Right. So I guess it it's good and it's bad. <laughs> it's true. Although I just, I like, I feel like I have a more of a sense of humor about it now. Well, yeah. Because I mean, you can kind of recognize it in the moment. Like I remember my husband the other day, I was agonizing over something ridiculous and I was just like, oh, my day is going to be ruined because I'm going to be thinking over this thing that I'm not going to get the answer for. And he was like, just don't think about it. And like, funny. I know, right? I was like, that's the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> just don't think about it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Why didn't you mention it before? Um, so yeah, I feel like it's, it's, it's so much easier to like recognize the absurdity of comments like that mm-hmm. in the moment, as opposed to, I think in the, in before my diagnosis, I probably would have been like, oh, you're right. Yeah. I should stop thinking about it. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to a book about, I, maybe there's some podcasts about not thinking about it. I should do that. I'm going to be the best person at not thinking about it that you'll ever find. <laughs> like I would obsess over not thinking about it. Yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah. And so when you were talking about your partner too, I felt like that was a huge shift for me with my incredibly competent husband was sort of like, I never understood why he was with me. Mm-hmm. I, it made perfect sense to me why I was with him. He did all of these things I couldn't do. And he was basically like the adult yeah. and I couldn't understand why he was with me because I was like, I didn't realize how little I valued what I brought to our relationship until I was diagnosed and could kind of start thinking about like, Oh, these are, these are actually strengths. Like, these are things, this is what I, I bring excitement. I bring, you know, yeah. flair, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't but like, I'm like, what, look at me, I'm a catch. Yeah. As opposed to like all those other years where I used to be like, God, how, how it must suck to be in love with somebody. And then to listen to them constantly 
like undervalue themselves and to always be like, why do you like me? Why do you like me? Just be like, God, you're so annoying. Yeah, literally that's the same. <laughs> do you feel like an adult? Cause I remember, no. I feel like I've read a lot about people with ADHD just sort of feel like they never grew up. And I really relate to that a lot of the times. I definitely feel like a kid and yeah, it's, a, it's an ongoing joke you know, that my partner Tegan has an, a, a child at home and it's funny, but sometimes I'm like, I'm an, I'm 28, you know, like I, I have my own business. I can drive a car. I can do all these things. I'm just a bit clumsy or I don't know what the word is. You kind of have to like pay attention to me in case I do something super irrational, you know? Or I think maybe I just sort of always assumed that adulthood would be like a sense of peace and a sense of like competence and control. And like that once you were an adult, you would look around and be like, I know what I'm doing. And that's just never happened. So I just, does that ever happen? No no one knows what they're doing. Everyone's just pretending. Even the smart people that are all serious, no, no one knows. It's all just... Everyone's just like going along and pretending they know what they're doing and then we die and that's it. It's funny. (laughs) I think everyone should just chill out. I wanted to let you know about the brand new women and ADHD online community. So two things I hear time and time again from listeners of this podcast is a wow, I feel so much less alone. That's why I've started this free online community because I believe finding our people is an integral part of treating our ADHD. So head over to womenandadhd.com to join. It's totally free. And you also have the option at any time to upgrade and that'll give you all sorts of exclusive content like early access to this podcast, a free copy of my audiobook, Worth It, A Journey to Food and Body Freedom, as well as twice monthly live member hangouts on Zoom with me and other members where we talk about our ADHD brains and symptoms and hormones and nutrition and plenty of other life topics we obsessively ponder as neurodivergent women. So again, head over to womenandadhd.com to join us. All right. I can't wait to see you there soon. Um, So now the term ADHD, I like to ask if you ever think of, if you could rename it, what would you name it to? Did you think about I thought about uh, it and then I got less problematic acronym. I got stressed about thinking about it because I couldn't think of anything. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel like I need to stop asking people that question because I can't think of anything at all. Like I'm that's why I ask people because I'm like, maybe someday somebody will come up with something that'll be really cool. And I've gotten so many interesting answers, but I personally still don't feel like I relate to any of them. I, I definitely like on some other podcasts that you've done other interviews when people talk about how um it's like you're in the car but you're not driving mm, like that mm-hmm. I remember that, that yeah. is definitely a super relatable thing like I feel like I I'm kind of in control of some parts of what I'm doing and then like on the other hand I just have done something and it's too late it's already happened and now I have to deal with the consequences of what I've done like it's just the impatience and the um what's the word where you just do something impulsivity Impulsivity, like I'm so impulsive and so impatient that I don't even have a second to think about what's going to happen after that 
So, yeah, that driving, being in the car and not driving, if that could be a replacement for ADHD, it's a bit long, but that's probably my best, <laughs> my best option. I like that. It reminds me of like a recurring anxiety dream I've always had, which is I'm driving in a car and then all of a sudden the steering wheel comes off oh, yeah. the dashboard in my hands. <laughs> and then like, next thing I know, like there's no floor of the car and like, I'm in basically a go-kart <laughs> and like all the, the car, just like the doors start falling away and then everything's falling away. And I'm just like sitting on the road <laughs> with the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right. Or you're just like, no brakes, yeah. no brakes. <laughs> Um, so that's also, um, where can people find Shut Herb? I mean, I know you've got your Instagram and yeah. you, what do you sell? You do sell prints as well as merch? Yeah, I sell prints. My website is just shutup.com. S-H-U-T-U-R-P. There's an R in there because Shut Up was taken. And yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. It was lovely to meet you. You too. There you have it. Thank you for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Women and ADHD podcast. Also, as you know, we ADHDers crave feedback, and I would really appreciate hearing from you, the listener. Please take a moment to leave me a review over on my website, womenandadhd.com, or on Apple Podcasts, or Audible, or whatever other platform you're using. And if that feels like too much, and I get it, then just take a few seconds to give me a five-star rating. Boom, done. Or share this episode on your own social media to help reach more women who maybe have yet to discover and lean into this neurodivergent superpower, and they may be struggling and they don't even know why. Make sure to tag me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at women and ADHD. If you are a woman who was diagnosed with ADHD in adulthood and you'd like to be interviewed as a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me. My email is womenandadhdpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to know more about me, head over to worthitwithkatie.com. That's where I help other women with ADHD break free from the yo-yo dieting and binge eating cycle for good. I'll see you next week when I interview another amazing woman who has recently discovered that she is not lazy or crazy, but she has ADHD. And now she's on the path to understanding that neurodivergence and finally using it to her advantage. Take care till then.